Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Devgannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Today, I have a fun guest, actually. I think it's fun because we love jamming numbers, but nonetheless, it is a definitely a conversation to have. Angela Anderson, who is a financial counselor and wealth activator for six-figure coaches and entrepreneurs. I'm excited to have you today, Angela. Thank you for being here. Thank you, White Dove. I'm excited to talk with you all. Tell me, how did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Let's go there. I was five and I made menus for my parents to serve them breakfast in bed. I specialized in um, fresh grapefruit cereal (laughs) (laughs) and toast. I mean, I've always been keen on figuring out how to make money. What was your, what would you say before we dive into kind of the journey aspect of it? What would you say was probably your most enjoyable, like fun, exciting way to make money then? It's so fun to think of something, White Dove, and have it materialize and see other people want it. And I've, um, I would say there was times where I made food. I, I had a booth at a farmer's market and I, I noticed a need in our local farmer's market. I live in a really cool, groovy little town here in Colorado. And there was a lot of art and a lot of crystals and things like that. But there was no actual food. There was some like planter starters and some people actually had vegetables. But, you know, when you think about going down on a Saturday and perusing the town, You want a tamale, right? Or you want a vegan pumpkin muffin or something awesome. And I was like, I'm doing that. So I set up my little booth and I was the food lady. And it was it was just so cool to to put put insert myself into a need and see that people had a desire for it. And then the feeling of coming home as a stay-at-home mom and being like, hey, here's a thousand dollars in cash while my husband was busting his butt with his solar business and we had two little kids was awesome. It makes it, it makes it enjoyable to get a little bit of the inside and the outside world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interact with people and, uh, you know, fulfill a need. I, I moved, actually, I moved away from that and started a bookkeeping business and that was lucrative because people don't want to do their books and they really needed me. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, I like to feel needed. I think um, I'm a personality that likes to feel like I'm providing a value that I'm that I'm valuable. I know, and we could go, we could have five more podcast episodes about how people mix their personal value with their work. But it was the self esteem builder for me to know to how to do something that people needed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting because I didn't realize, you know, in, in the history of what you've done and accomplished, um, farmer's market has a little spot in my history as well, but I was the bread and cheese lady. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd be all over your booth. <laughs> I love bread and cheese. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, how could you not want that, right? Uh, one t- right. In one time, I'm side little note, but one time I made, um, and you'll get, you'll understand this. I made green chili, and in Southeast Kansas, and people were like, what? is this stuff? And I was just like, what? You have no idea what this is? Oh my word. You know, but I did not go down the route of making green chili. No, no, no. Bread and cheese it was. <laughs> but <laughs> like you said, it filled a need. Um, it, it, but it was in a community aspect of it. You know, it was, it was seeing people um, ask you questions, embrace what it is that you're, you were bringing to the table, you know, no pun intended there. But um, being able to figure out what that that gap was and then say, I'm going to do something to fill this gap, I think is a rewarding opportunity in and of itself. And what draws so many people to entrepreneurship, like you were saying, it really does fill that void. Um, where did you go from there then? So I had my bookkeeping business and I had a client that is the uh, CEO of a personal development company called the Psyche Center International. And I, whenever I'd go work there, I would learn more about what they were up to. And I loved it because I've also been a mystic my whole life and been really into, I was into tarot cards when I, and I was into this red light ceremony thing when I was in high school. And I took the Silva Mind Control Method course. I begged my parents when I was in high school and I took that, like positive thinking, meditation, body scanning, things like that. And so I've always really had this ooby groovy side. Um, and I, as I learned more about the business and was doing the books and taking more uh, duties on, it it was like, wow, I need, I need to learn how to do this modality so that I can, I can change, right. Mm -hmm. I can be a better person. And that's really what the modality is. It's called psyche. And it's a way to work with your subconscious mind to change your beliefs at the subconscious level, kind of like a kissing cousin to hypnosis, but quite um, more, a lot more modernized, shall we say. Mm -hmm. And um, I learned all of it and it was probably about five or six years into working there that we realized that I needed to, it was time for me to go off on my own. Mm-hmm. that being their bookkeeper and financial person was just one aspect, but there was a business inside of me. And so I trained another bookkeeper and we said our goodbyes. And that's when my business was born on fa- helping people marry the energetics of money and their whole story with how they're perceiving themselves and the world around them with the mechanics of money. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I feel a complete riff on that right there because that is such a big topic. And there's so many hangups on the money side of it. But let me stay true to the course of your entrepreneurial journey first. Um, So then uh, what did you decide to apply in in creating that new business? Then what were the main components you were going into that entrepreneurial venture with and the outcome that you wanted your future clients to achieve? So I'll explain it in a way that kind of like packing for a trip, because this is what I knew, White Dove. I knew that I was an entrepreneur at heart, right? And that I had challenges, my own challenges with money, with Mm -hmm. irregular income and having to do it all and self-employment taxes and forming a corporation and all this stuff. And I knew that 
there's people like Dave Ramsey that I actually really align with his teachings and love his philosophy, but there's a big gap there. Yeah. He talk, he basically talks to W2 people. There's a little bit of information for businesses, but there's a lot more technical knowledge and support that businesses need. And then, then we've got this third thing here with this whole mystical side with your energetics. And I knew that Psyche worked. It just worked. Uh, when I first started learning it, I would play around with it and, and do it with friends and giveaway sessions and everyone's lives were changing, including mine. <laughs> and it was so cool uh, to, and so I was like, all right, I know that there's, in terms of being an entrepreneur, you don't go to work and come home. You are married to this thing and it can be, it can feel like a, like who's controlling who, Right. <laughs> And we have to like get a handle on all of that and have our mind in a positive space where we can really hang on to this and, and fulfill what our dreams are. And then the all of this ocean of information and support missing for entrepreneurs that I haven't found in a guru necessarily. And also gurus are not as accessible, right? They uh, The information, is, you still at the end of the day, I think with finances and my experience being in finance for 15, 20 years has been, you still need someone who is going to listen to your story and your story alone and help you apply. And so uh, that's where I was like, okay, hey, I am five, 10 steps, five, 10 years ahead of my clients and all of the crap <laughs> that I've had to deal with with forming my own company and offshoots of my company because my husband and I do real estate. We have cryptocurrency. We have our regular old stock market investments. We have my consulting, his consulting, all kinds of stuff going on. I'm like, all right, I'm going to like, here's, here's the torch. I'm leading the way. Anyone want to align with me in this amazing, mystical, uh, practical, applicable way, let's go. And uh, so I'm here saying, I don't claim to know it all. I'm in the trenches with all of y'all. I probably am just a few years ahead because I got into this stuff pretty early because I was willing to stick my neck out because hell, I've been an entrepreneur mm. since I was five. It's an so. art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, it's cool. Um, and so I go out and I'm, we're always learning and, and it's like, Hey, how do we apply this to mm. your situation? And at the end of the day, white dove, it's like, how do you have financial peace? How do you have plenty? How do you have all of your plates spinning so that you don't have to be in there messing with things all the time and feeling upside down and confused and also at the mercy of professionals who don't speak your language. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you marry that then into the, your entrepreneurs? How do you guide them? Through, do you start with the money aspect first or do you start with the mysticism of it first? I start with the mysticism of it. And we have a, an hour and a half together where we just lay it all on the table and change the, some really deep beliefs and things that are going on with them that are, they feel are most important and are their most, their main stressors in the moment. Because when we can, we can clear the stress away and help you feel 
more like yourself, who you really are, you know, the beautiful child of God, however you want to see it, beautiful child of the universe, someone who's creative and the energy that you know you have is so much easier to be like, okay, you know, now I, now the path is so much more clear instead of stumbling on all these rocks and, you know, sticks and things like that. What breakthroughs do you find to be really relevant for them? Or, or is it individual? Is it very individual? It's individual. And, but some of the things that my clients come back to me uh, and say is, Angela, when you said to always remember that it's my money and I'm not going to get bossed around or talked over or talked through or talked under by you know, whatever professional they're trying to work with, right? Someone who can invest their money for them, open up retirement accounts, a CPA, whatnot. I'm not saying these people are bad. I love them. We need them. It's like, I need a mechanic to fix my car. But, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. And we all have matches, personality matches. When they come back and they're like, you know, working with you, just, I just have this sense of I'm the one that's in control. It's not a control or a power trip that they're on, but it's just more of a sense of it's going to be okay. And I get to choose and I, they no longer feel bullied Mm -hmm. by the financial industry as an entity. And yes, if the IRS writes you a letter, it's probably a good idea to respond. True. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, you don't have to freak out. They're, they're not going to haul you away in jail tomorrow. It's like they know now, wait a minute, there are things I can do. This is my money. If I made a mistake, I can say that. I made a mistake. I didn't know. And so they separate that emotion from Ooh. feeling like they're going to be homeless all of a sudden. Like it's the, or, at the end of the road or something. Like there it is. It just drops off a cliff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, because we don't know it all, like if you were to tell me, Angela, you need to go build a house that's then someone's going to live in, I would probably freak out. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I don't know how to build a house. And I feel like finances are like that with people. They don't know. It is like building a house. You can really screw it up. You really, you can, but at the same time, you can backtrack and it's, it has to really go off a cliff in order for you to bankrupt your family or be homeless mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. And just listening to this podcast is proof that you don't want to. Exactly. And you'll be okay. Exactly. Hey, Fem Nation. I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. 
Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. What, uh, that had me thinking about inherent, um, money thoughts, inherent finance thoughts, uh, things that were generationally passed down that obviously we don't live in our, our parents or grandparents or great grandparents era. So this is a completely different topic finance wise. Uh, and I know you mentioned Dave Ramsey, which I a hundred percent have held the same belief that he, he speaks to W2 people at a particular place that that they need they need a, a solution and that fills a void for the solution but it doesn't work for uh, entrepreneurs the same way it doesn't work for businesses the same way it doesn't do those things and so in some of that ideology that he brings to the table there are sound pieces and when people are, ex- are exploring answers and solutions of how to be better with their finances there are many, many different ways and many different directions they can take. Uh, and that's definitely one that's going to help them, you know, along the way, but they still need to progress and they still need to continue that journey. That's not the be all end all. I think everybody uh, at this point recognizes, you know, we learn from something or someone and we learn the strategy and we, we take what we need from that. And then we, we should, and we ought to continue to evolve. Absolutely. But even his even his uh, methodology and ideology comes from uh, some um, an era that's been somewhat outdated, I'll say. And and yes, some of the components still apply. Um, but how does the shift in money today, finances today, especially for entrepreneurs, differ than it did 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? I think, first of all, the perception on what's available and what's possible and what's working. And perception is huge. It's, you know, we don't, there's no seeing the world as it is. There's no black and white. Exactly. It's how we perceive it. And so one of the biggest shifts that I've noticed, White Dove, is that younger people, they don't believe in these quote unquote retirement plans. They don't want to do 401k. They don't want to put away their money for 40 years and somehow think it's going to be a pot of gold. They don't trust that. Cryptocurrency is hot, hot, hot. It's volatile, mm-hmm. but it's hot. And so there's there's people that are really, it's becoming, I mean, if Ramsey's even talking about it. Yep. <laughs> so it's like, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes real. So I would say that is there are some tried and true money principles that, and this is what I love about money, that is you can say, this is how it is, Angela. Savings is good. Don't go in, you know, keep your debt low or don't be in debt at all. You know, keep your books, file your taxes. It's like, I love black and white. Just tell me what to do. Right. And, you know, don't leave any room for creativity here. I, that's part of what I love about finance. And then at the same time, like you said, evolving is having this generation saying, but wait a minute, I don't know if I want to put my money in the stock market. Like real estate has come back, like that's hot, hot, hot. And, uh, but that's also been an old principle that's been around, but people haven't been as, it hasn't been on the forefront as it is now. Why? You can't make more land. Right. 
you know, all of these things, even the cryptos are all these things that are hanging out in the energetic field that we've decided are going to be real to us and we're keeping going. Um, there's could be a master, I don't know, is there a master guy that's got a standing there by the by the um, switch to the stock market that one day could just be like, all right, you know, screw it. We're out of here, <laughs> you know, like, sure. <laughs> But you can't do that with land. <laughs> exactly. And that's a really strong point uh, that there are energy fields in the financial sector that um, our digital world are lending towards, not financially lending, but trending and, and leaning towards as far as uh value. But I think the majority, this is just a high level overview of uh that that currency, uh, crypto, and all that. I believe what that what we're looking at is the dawn of an era where people are like, "Hold on a second. Perceived value versus actual value has been so blended. And then now it's like, okay, what are we going to consider valuable? What are we going to put our our resources towards? What are we going to, um, you know, uh, usher in as a new timeline? Because I believe we all feel that we're in a new, you know, kind of a transitional time time frame specifically you know so and i don't i don't want any listeners to think that i'm predicting or or projecting anything i'm not i'm riding i'm riding all the waves just like anybody else and i do my due diligence i research uh, i have a 20 our oldest is 23 he's into crypto and ethereum and you know he talks about finances i listen to his conversation and his research and you know gain a perspective from the younger generations as to what do they see it as and the traditional um the traditional avenues that i grew up with are not absolutely not what it is right what it, what today is it it you know like you're saying the 401k's the the uh, compound interest the uh put your money away for 40 years and climb a corporate ladder and get a job and you know be the best employee possible all those things are great except when they become not available also you know i mean there's there sometimes there's things that are outside of our control and maybe corporate jobs are not the same as they used to be. So the younger generations are like, hold on a minute. Maybe we want to do it a little bit differently. Maybe we want to work remotely. Obviously, 2020 ushered in the opportunity to where that became the only option for a period of time and then now has to be viewed differently. So it it took what was on the the cusp and brought it in, energetically put, put more emphasis on it on the back end. So then the financial picture also changes to some degree. It moves and shifts to some degree. So the blending of the two um, fascinates me uh, and watching the current shift um, or swirl even fascinates me, you know. Well, I remember, and this circles around to the psyche work that I do is uh, the secret to life is belief. And I really want everyone who hears that to let it sink in what you believe is your reality. Mm -hmm. And so we've believed that the stock market is the way to go. And so the companies have set up these plans and these things or, and you can, as an entrepreneur, actually, I still encourage my clients, go get a SEP IRA, right? Go, let's reduce your taxes. Let's, let's play that game, not put all your eggs in that basket, but let's play that because People have believed it for so long. It's real. Truth. It 
and it's it's not going to go away tomorrow. It may begin to fade, but I still I still don't see it going away. Right. Um, quickly. I agree. Um, like uh, going out in public without a mask. That's if we're going to be uncovered. That's probably going to be I don't know five ten years down the road. I we're going to see masks for a long time now, and that change happened very abrupt. It did. Yeah. It did. But it's um, what think about that. This the, when I first got into crypto, which was six or seven years ago, I realized that the people that were talking to me about it, who are you know smart business people, mystics, you know, crazy people out of my little crazy town, <laughs> like, I love it. And so you need to do this, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I trust you. It, I knew that oh, this is going to happen because people believe it's going to happen. Right. And that's it. People just continue to get on the train more and more and more. And here we go. Right. Here we are. Yeah. In a transition phase. But having a a keen eye on your financial picture is still equally as important as it always has been. That has to be there. You know, understanding the financial aspect and, you know, what you're doing, how you're playing the game or putting the pieces together for your specific scenario as an entrepreneur or business owner um, really is, is still, I mean, still holds true and will always hold true. We need to be the master of that section of our life. And well, all the sections of our lives actually, but (laughs) as far as finances to our, we need to know that we need to understand that. Do you encourage financial literacy and how do you do that? Oh, a hundred percent. It's, no one's going to care more about your money than you. And I mean, I, I was a, a great bookkeeper, I could say, because I wasn't emotionally attached to my client's money. It was like, well, you know, here's how you did. And they're the, then they would flutter around, <laughs> you know, but it was obvious if you were to watch our body language in a room, it wasn't like I didn't care. It's just that it wasn't affecting my life right? They paid me either way. I cared about doing a good job, keeping accurate books, the whole thing. And so, yeah, it's it because someone isn't fully in bed with you, maybe your spouse or your business partner and your family, but because you're really, it's you. I remember my dad and it like crushed me when I was a kid, White Dove. He'd look at me and he'd say, "Who's who's the only person you can count on? I was like seven or eight when he started teaching me this. And I looked, I looked at him and I was like, you. And he's like, nope, it crushed me. And he said, no, you, yourself. Like, and I, and I know that we can count on other people, but they're, they're human, right? Exactly. We, they're human. And so at the end of the day, it's us. And so you don't have to go get a CPA. You don't have to go pay 7K. Maybe it's 10K now to become a financial advisor or certified planner. But to know enough, for example, very clear example here that I tell my clients is when I'm working with them to get their tax returns together, their information to their CPA. Some some need more um, actual handholding than others. Don't accept the first return. Don't just say, don't just sign on the dotted line when they say, this is what you owe. No, 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 no. And then I have a checklist. And did they, did they account for this? Did they, did you do that? Did you do this? Do you understand what that is, what that means for you? 
Uh, do you want to look good on paper this year so you can buy a house or do you want to get it as low as possible so you can pay as little as possible? Things like that. Like you got to know that because the CPA just, they want to do a good job and they want to stay in the line. They don't necessarily know what your goals are. Right. Very. And how you can reach your goals within the legal limits. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's very uh, wise advice too, because, um, because there's such a, a gray area for people in, in the financial world, especially when it comes to taxes, say, and it's funny because we're literally in tax season right now, but um, the fact that people just don't even know what to ask. And so they, it's almost like you, you need a, a tax mentor or, or a, a, I don't even know what that's called because I've never heard of anybody and I think that's you, <laughs> but they, <laughs> they need somebody to that is unattached to the tax return and unattached to the scenario, be able to make sure that, like you said, the energies coming together for the financial picture are matching where they're desiring to go because the CPAs, and there are CPA offices and CPAs are great. They're needed, like you were saying, absolutely needed. Um, bookkeepers are absolutely needed. All of these pieces, the, these roles are needed in our businesses for sure. But when they come in and specifically do the job, in a, you know, and I'm assuming a good job at what they're, they're asked and tasked to do, that they come in with that, they're not seeing the whole picture. They're coming in with a single focus to get that job done. So if they don't know all the questions to ask, if they aren't um, tied into the goals and the energy and the desires and the vision and helping flesh out those visions and goals and ideas that maybe even the business owner isn't aware of what they're trying to do yet, then there becomes a need for a mentor like you, you know, somebody that can walk them through that. And it's just literally, as I'm saying this, it's like dawning on me that <laughs> that's how it fits. Just as we need a business coach to, to strategically grow a business in certain areas, we need that financial coach that isn't, it doesn't, doesn't do all the things, including a tax return, because that's a specific, um, specific task. So then somebody that can be uh, unmarried to both sides of that and bringing the conversation to the table, knowing that they're holding the business owner's best interest in mind, their vision and goals. That is amazing. Yeah. Like uh, I have a client right now who is, she's so much fun, White Dove. She's realtor. She's so colorful and she's not detail oriented at all. And I'm like, okay, for this year, we're not going to itemize your vehicle expense. It'll kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I see you and I see your personality and I see how you are. And I think that it's going to kill you if we <laughs> itemize this. We're going to take the standard deduction and this is the information we're going to give to your CPA so we can get this thing done. And I can see from an eagle eye view that it's not going to affect her financially if we do that this year. I know that what it, if we did, but if we did go towards, you know, when I say there's standard versus itemized, basically itemized means that you can get more bang for your buck, but you've got to be more meticulous about it. She's not meticulous and it's too much to ask of her right now. And it's six of one and half a dozen of the other at this point. And I can see that she can't see that because she's in her zone of genius with her real estate business, you know? And so I'm like, all right, 
this is what we're going to do. And so that's when it's easy for me to then say, this is what you say to your CPA, just say this. And it just feels like 50 pound, the 50 pound gorilla, 500 pound gorilla actually, you know, just comes right off her shoulders um, to know that. But yeah, it's, um, and like I said, I'm, you know, the tax law changes every year. Oh, it does. I have an announcement for everyone actually. Um, and I don't know if you've heard, but in 2021, so this year, all business meals are deductible. That's a big, that's a big deal. That's a It's a big deal. deal. Yes. So in the past, you might have gotten 50%, maybe even not that if you're going to be really right. by the book. And I, I haven't read into it too much, but my theory on this, this is just the world according to Angela, is that freaking restaurants are hurting, yeah. businesses are hurting, and this is a way that we can all, you know, yes. keep that money flow going. And so um, just, you know, when you walk out, put that, put these little notes in your brain, like, how can I because your business is so meshed with your life, how can I turn this into an advantage for me in a number sense and in the world? You know, how can we feed each other here? Exactly. Yeah. Team effort, right? Even without trying to raise a banner or a flag doing it, just go be and, and, you know, experience that and get out there and support because we have opportunities right now. You know, we have, we have benefits afforded us to be, you know, decisions that were otherwise not uh, available prior to this to be able to do so. Yeah. And these things change a lot. And as long as I'm in the game, then I take that information and, and work with my clients. And, um, you know, sometimes we work with people that aren't, in the trenches and that's fine too. There's, there's, there's certain times where we do that. I think with money though, and taxes and business decisions, it's been really helpful for me mm -hmm. and working with my own clients as, as learning, you know, and growing together and me being like, Hey guys, you know, this new thing is happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you need to know, Na <laughs> you know, navigating the evolution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a map, but now the wind says go this way. <laughs> I know. Uh, such is life, right? <laughs> such is life. Uh -huh. <laughs> How do you define success for you and your business? So can I, I used to think success white dove was going Mach 9 and getting mm. stuff done. It was and I don't want to sound like ageist, but maybe there's a time in a life as a woman uh, where after I hit 41, 42, I just started to slow down. And in fact, I'm in an entanglement this week, kind of a drama where I'm realizing that the reason I'm behaving the way I am and the choices that I'm making is because I don't want to be right anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to be peaceful. And there are certain rules that you have to follow that like the IRS, you know, my, some of my clients are like, crap, I have to start paying quarterlies. And I'm like, sorry, it's pay as you go. That's the rule. And then there's other times where it's like, 
yeah, I, you know, let them, I let them win now. That's for me, that success is what is going to help me sleep at night, be a loving mother to my teenage boys, be present in my family. I like having a clean house. That's kind of, that's successful to me. Eating my vegetables is pretty successful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and feeling also empowered and in control with, with the decisions I'm making and as well, and also knowing when to let go. Right. And it's like, we're just, we're all these drops in the ocean, right? How do I ride this wave? Absolutely. You were mentioning that you have uh, a free gift for the listeners to download. Tell me about that. So it's some seven steps here and how you can keep more of your money and grow it. And that's the biggest issue I feel like we have as entrepreneurs and is building that wealth consciousness and feeling rewarded for our work. It's crazy how many six and multiple six-figure entrepreneurs I work with that don't feel rewarded. They don't feel relaxed with their money. It's totally there. It's there in piles and it's stressful for them still. So it's seven tips there it's very easy to read you can read it in less than five minutes what this does then is it pops you onto my email list I send an email out once a day and that's where I can really pull you over and have a cup of tea with you and start to unfold what this whole financial journey is about and the literacy and we worked with the same business coach who, who taught me a way of, of presenting information that is way beyond massaging your pain or surface level crap. Like I, I believe in giving all the information to you if you want my help or if you, if you want any kind of expert help, then you'll know where to go. I also help you figure out where you want, where you want to go and where you feel most aligned. But that's my mission is to just uh, share with you as well as um, teach you what I'm learning along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Being my, having my own business with all these different facets that people want to have to grow their wealth too. Mm-hmm. Well, that will be a valuable download for sure. And a continuous opportunity to dive into that aspect of themselves and their business the conversation you have with them and uh, your writing, I've seen it, um, is very necessary to bridge the gap and create some um, clarity on on those areas for business owners and entrepreneurs. So um, I encourage the audience definitely to download that because it's going to be beneficial for sure. And it's not an IRS tax code book. No. (laughs) (laughs) You want? (laughs) Hey, that's a new idea for another freebie. Everyone's going to want that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Your completion rate's probably going to be quite low on that. (laughs) It's so boring. Um, But Angela, thank you for coming on today. It's been really wonderful to get to know you and learn more from you. And just your sense of presence is very calm and easy to digest. So thank you. Thank you. Where can the audience connect with you? Tell us where they can find you. Well, I am active on Facebook and I'm active on LinkedIn. I seem to do more private messaging through LinkedIn. The wall's a little clunky right now, but I'm learning. 
I'll post on LinkedIn, but I like doing the chitty chatty in LinkedIn and I post more on the wall and do wall types of things on Facebook. (laughs) There you go. Um, but yeah, find me there. I'll, I'll post on Instagram every once in a while, but I, I'm kind of a dinosaur <laughs> and my, you got to do it on mobile and my phone is a older phone and it loses its juice. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know, but I love Instagram. I just not on it very much, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'd love to continue the conversation over there and connect and, um, Facebook or LinkedIn folks. Sounds good. Guys, make sure you listen to uh, this episode a couple times over. I think you're going to find some clarity in how you're approaching your financial picture just from this alone. But also, do you remember the download's going to be in the show notes? And we will link you to Angela in the show notes as well. But as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.